What's up, everybody? Welcome to Most Likely Tuesday on the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith. We are the fastest growing show for the American Athletic Conference. If you haven't noticed already, those of you that watch on YouTube, I'm trying to get some more individualized clips put up, not just in the YouTube shorts, which I'm also doing that there, but on the channel, um, you know, be on the lookout for your team. Uh, I'm trying to take some micro clips from the different episodes um, and, and, and put them up there so maybe you don't have time to listen to the full show or watch the full show, but you can catch a segment specifically about your team. So uh, I'm doing the best I can with that. I am only one man at this point in time, uh, but we are growing and uh, uh, I, I am working to get as much content out in as many forms as possible uh, to the people. First things first, I owe UAB fans an apology. Thank you to those of uh, you who who brought that to my attention on both Twitter and on the YouTube comments. And it's funny because most of the feedback I got wasn't like upset UAB fans. It was like, I'm actually kind of glad you, you, you left us out. Well, what happened yesterday, and I'm going to talk about UAB um, Georgia Southern here in just a second. As I said, I would. I put it in a pinned comment on the last episode. But basically, if you if you watched the full or listened to the full show yesterday, I was basically closing out the episode. And I went, oh man, I forgot to do USF FAMU. Well, what had happened was, is when I scrolled past USF and FAMU, I also scrolled past UAB and Georgia Southern. And just in my brain, as I was looking at my notes and going through, I... I I don't know if I did it intentionally or not, but I started talking about Memphis. And because I started talking about Memphis, I just kept talking about Memphis. And so I was scrolling to make sure I hit all my points on Memphis. But I had USF and UAB above Memphis on my notes. And when I scrolled past them, I just got going and I kept rolling with my script and forgot that I had skipped over two teams. So with all that being said, let's talk UAB Georgia Southern. I know UAB fans, it's Tuesday, you're ready to forget it, you've already put it behind you. Um, I don't think it was all bad. I think obviously there were some defensive uh, weaknesses that were exposed that I think Coach Dilfer and his staff are going to obviously address. Uh, They did get down early, but they fought back. I felt like that drive that Georgia Southern put together before half, I say drive, it was really that one play before half where he busted the long run and they got the touchdown going into halftime. That really felt like a little bit of a dagger because UAB had fought back, took a one-point lead, had a lot of momentum that they were getting ready to take into halftime, and then boom, that just wiped it out. Uh, Here's what stuck out to me about this UAB team, though, when I was watching that game. No matter what the scoreboard said or what the game momentum felt like, It never seemed like UAB quit fighting. Like they kept playing. They kept fighting. They never just threw in the towel and let them have it. Yes, Georgia Southern started to run away there towards the end. But UAB just kept, they kept trucking along. They kept fighting. And I think in year one of a coaching staff, that's a very important characteristic of a team to pay attention to is what do they do when things get tough? Do they throw in the towel and fold, or do they keep fighting? Yeah, I know. Sometimes when you keep fighting, you still don't win, and sometimes the score is still not pretty. However, from my vantage point, it felt like this team played hard the whole game. 
regardless of the scoreboard. They kept fighting, and it ended up being, what, a 12-point game? I'm curious, with this upcoming game, is UAB's offense going to go more tempo? Um, I mean, I felt like the moments when they went tempo against Georgia Southern, they had some success, uh, but offensively wasn't really the issue um, in week two. It was, it was the defensive side of the ball. So let's see what Coach Dilfer and, and staff um, are able to do in preparation for their next game. But um, again, I want to say this to UAB fans because I felt like in the preseason, um, when I was leaving UAB out of my conference contender discussions, I think you know the vibe was that, that I'm sleeping on UAB. I'm sleeping on UAB. And it wasn't really, and this was my response, I, I wasn't sleeping on them. It, it's just I was trying to be fair. Right, first year in a new conference, brand new head coach with two coordinators who are brand new to that role. One coordinator has never uh, called an offensive play at the Division One level. One has never called a play at the Division One, or one has never really called a play ever. The other one has never called a play at the Division One level. He came with Coach Dilfer from his previous uh, high high school, uh, Lipscomb Academy, I believe. And so I just was like, I'm trying to be fair. Do I think they'll be competitive? Absolutely. Do I think they'll be well coached? Absolutely. I just wasn't ready to crown them a conference contender just yet because I want to give them a little bit of time to establish their culture and, and really build the team that that um, they're looking to build while they're there at UAB. So those are my thoughts on that game. Um, again, I'm sorry for leaving them out yesterday. Totally unintentional. Just a mishap on my part. I'm ready for conference play because when there's conference play, there's not as many games to go over so I can spend more time talking about each one because everybody's playing each other. Um, so, And it'll be easier to catch them because, man, the way the lineup was last Saturday, there was no 11 a.m. AAC game. So they were all crammed into that afternoon and evening time slot. So I had like six different screens going, but anyways... So that's UAB Georgia Southern, but we're going to turn the page now officially to week three. It is most likely Tuesday, so I'm going to give you my most likely twos. Last week was not so great for me. Now keep in mind though too, when I'm doing most likely twos, I'm not like necessarily saying this is what's going to happen. It's more of most likely out of the different games that are being played. Like, like So I might say this game's most likely to go over. Well, None of the games might go over. I'm just saying out of all of them, this one's most likely, even though last week I had a horrible most likely to go over because I picked UTSA and Texas State, and they didn't even come close. They don't even think they broke the half, halfway mark. But I feel like I, I feel pretty good about my most likely twos today. But before, I want to do a kind of a different segment called Trending, What's Trending? Um, and I actually want to play you. If you're listening, you're going to hear it. But if you're watching, I'm going to show it. It's something G.J. Kinney said yesterday in his press conference about UTSA in comparison to Baylor. And some of you may have seen the report of it or the tweet of it. I want, I want you to actually hear and see him saying it for yourselves because I thought this was noteworthy enough to put on the podcast and to discuss. So if you're watching, I'm going to play it for you so you can see it. If you're listening, you're going to hear it. This is G.J. Kinney head football coach of Texas State, coming off a loss to UTSA. And remember, they just beat Baylor at Baylor in week one. You, you think the average fan 
realizes that UTSA is probably real close to being just as the same high quality team that Baylor was. Yeah, I mean they're they're better to be honest with you. Um, but you know it's just one of those deals where you know G five whatever I guess uh, you know they've they've been doing it for a long time. Trailer's been you know doing it for a while. Really good team and. As you can see, I mean, without any hesitation when asked about this comparison between the, 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 the question, and I apologize, I don't know who was asking that question, but great question. Um, as far as how close UTSA is competitively to Baylor, and without hesitation, Coach Kenny says, oh yeah, they're better. They're better. And this is a brand new team to the American Conference, and that's, I felt like, was pretty high praise from an opposing coach who, it's like, yeah, on one hand, what's he supposed to say? Like, he just beat Baylor and then loses to UTSA, so what's he going to say? No, nah, Baylor's still better, even though we beat them and lost to them. But I thought it was high praise, and you just acknowledged, I mean, sometimes that G5 label takes away from, from certain teams in, in their competitiveness Whereas it does the exact opposite for other teams who have the P5 label, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they would just go into a G5 conference and dominate or win. Um, and to Baylor's credit, I mean, they put up a very good fight against a top rank, top 25 ranked Utah team um, just after losing to Texas state. So I thought that was, was interesting. Now, to further dive into UTSA as far as this whole what's trending, I'm a little concerned about quarterback Frank Harris. I'm not so sure how beat up this guy is. He's as tough as they come, and he's going to play through every ounce of pain. He's shown that. I'm just concerned, man, that, that um, he might be hurt right now. Um, he was in a boot. I don't know what the official status of him is. Uh, I've seen reports that Jeff Trailer. well, I saw the clip. I don't have the clip, but I saw it um, where he, he did seem a little concerned when he was asked about Frank Harris. He didn't really give a direct answer on, you know, how he would be utilized or anything like that. But here's my thought on it. And I'm curious to know if you're a UTSA fan watching this, what are your thoughts? Are you opposed to just... Letting him rest the next two games and then getting as healthy as possible for conference play. It's a catch-22, right? Because likely if he sits the next two games, you might lose them both. Um, Tennessee, I think everyone's already kind of chalking up as an L anyways. But Army, I mean, obviously that's a winnable game for UTSA. But without Frank Harris, I'm not so sure. Because Army's just not one of those teams you want to sleep on. And they got them Friday on a short week, and that can just ah, that that can make that game that matchup tougher. But it would what would suck for the conference, even though this may be what's best for UTSA, is if UTSA lets him rest, gets into conference play, full strength, he's healthy, and then they run the table and win the conference. Here's the problem: if you lose the next two games and you win the conference as a three-loss team. You're not getting that G5 New Year's Six bid. Now, there's no guarantee that UTSA wins the conference, even with Frank Harris being fully healthy. Uh, but that's just a thought I had of, are they maybe considering doing that so that they can be as healthy as possible, or at least he can be as healthy as possible headed into conference play? Or is the thought, 
How bad is the injury? Is the injury something that could get any worse? If it can't get any worse, then he's just going to play through pain. We're going to have to coach him up, get him to, to take care of himself on the field. Because that's the thing, man. Frank Harris gets out there. He's a warrior. And, and there's times where maybe he could, he could play a little safer, maybe is the word I'm looking for, um, and, 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 and help himself, you know, from, from taking some of the blows that he, that he absorbs. But curious to know if you're a UTSA fan, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on Frank Harris? And what is the backup quarterback situation even looking like? Like if, if they have to go to the backup quarterback, is it a for sure L? Or do they have someone that could come in, get some reps, be serviceable, and at least go one and one these next two weeks? Because I think if you go one and one the next two weeks and you win the conference, you still got a shot at getting that um, New Year's six bid. Three losses, I'm not seeing it. Okay, uh, but of course that would be contingent on what other conferences do as well. Oh, and then the other trending is going over to East Carolina, man. Mike Houston says that the QB situation is like any other position this week. Um, <clears throat> he said it in his press conference this morning. Any other uh, position? The ECU quarterback situation is like any other position. It's a competition. So I've seen some mixed reviews on my own channel and comments as it pertains to the ECU quarterback situation. There's a lot of you fans who feel like Flynn needs to get his go at it. There's a lot of you who feel like Mason Garcia just, you know, they need to tweak how they're utilizing him. Remember Mason Garcia, man, this was a highly ranked quarterback coming out of high school. Um, but I'm not ready to give up on ECU this season just yet. Um, things aren't going to get easier for them, especially this weekend. I'm going to talk about that game in just a second. But if they could just figure this thing out offensively, which really looks like figuring out the quarterback situation, they could get that figured out. I think this is a team that could compete this year. I think they've got the defense to do it. Um, but, man, they're, they're in an early 0-2 slump, 0-2 hole, and they've got App State this weekend. Like, they got to figure it out fast but I'm still holding out hope for this team. All right, now, the moment you've been waiting for, most likely Tuesday. So, my most likely to pull off an upset this week, I'm going with Charlotte, who is plus seven and a half to Georgia State. Charlotte put up a great fight against Maryland. As some of you noted in the comments, um, they didn't get a lot of help from the officiating. Uh, man, in that second half, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. But I think if Charlotte is healthy, they can beat Georgia State. Um, and so I, that's my most likely to pull off an upset. And, and Biff Pogey, Coach Biff Pogey, has really put an emphasis on this game because they've got Florida. I think it's next week is when they have Florida. And if they were to lose this week, they'd be looking at a 1-3 start to the season. And you just don't want that for your overall team confidence. And, and especially at a program that's coming off a 3-9 and nine season. So this is a huge game for Charlotte. Pogey has not um, ran from that. He's acknowledged it. He's the one who said it. It's a must win. Um, I don't know that this is a must win for Charlotte. But I, I do think to, to stay out of that that early season hole. It's a big game for them. And so that's who I'm calling as my most likely to pull off an upset. Charlotte plus seven and a half, Georgia State. 
All right, my most likely to cover the spread as a favorite. I'm hanging in there with Tulane, with or without Pratt. Uh, they're minus 13 to Southern Miss. And not to take anything away from Southern Miss, but I believe Tulane will beat them comfortably, even with their backup quarterback. I think what we saw against Ole Miss playing with the backup quarterback, we still see how complete this team is, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Week one, they were my most likely to cover as the favorite over South Alabama. They took care of business then. I expect them to take care of business now. Coming off a tough loss like they just came off of, I feel like this should be an angry team. They need to get back to their winning ways. You don't want to let a game like that linger. And then as I said with uh, UTSA last week, you don't, you don't want to let Ole Miss beat you twice. I don't think they will. We're going to see them come out firing. And um, I think they get the win by, by more than 13 points. Uh, cover the spread as an underdog. This was a tough one. This was a tough one. Um, you know, because obviously I, I, I can't say Charlotte twice, right? Charlotte would probably be my would probably be my most likely to cover the spread as a dog. The problem is, is there wasn't any other matchup that I felt like there would be an upset that happened necessarily. Um, except, except another one I'm going to talk about, <laughs> but I've already got that in another category. So most likely to cover the spread as a dog, I'm going FAU plus 24 and a half at Clemson. Clemson looked shaky again last week until they didn't. <laughs> they got it sorted out, went off, put some points up against, was it Charleston is who they played? I'm still clinging to that performance they put up against Duke. You know, FAU, they got beat, lost to Ohio. Tom Herman, his history against Power 5 opponents as a coach in the American Conference is very good. At one point, he had the nickname Giant Slayer or Giant Killer when he was at Houston after beating Florida State and OU. And I think there was another one I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering, but he has a good track record there. I think he's going to have FAU ready to play. Do I think FAU's ready to beat Clemson? I mean, I felt like they might. But then seeing their struggles against Ohio, and not to take anything away from Ohio, because Ohio, Ohio has a great football team as well. Um, but Clemson does seem to be trying to figure it out. So I don't know that I'm ready to say FAU wins, but I do think they cover the 24 and a half um, at Clemson. And they've got the latest game out of all the American teams on Saturday night. Most likely to go over. I'm going UAB and Louisiana, 59 and a half. UAB, Sean, they're going to score some points. Louisiana's going to score some points. I don't have a lot of confidence in UAB's defense right now. So I foresee this game being a shootout. And, you know, whether that's 35-28, 31-28. 31-28 actually wouldn't be over. So we'll say 35-31. Sorry, really bad at math. But I could see this being a game where both teams get into the 30s. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm going UAB Louisiana 
That's my most likely to go over. And then most likely to be CFB game of the week or conference game of the week, I guess is what I should say, is uh, ECU App State. I think that's a, that's a big, uh, big game for ECU. That's always a big game because it's the, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the, I don't know if, I'm, if, if I should call it a rivalry necessarily, but it is an in-state game. And App State's good. And I think that ECU knows, all right, if we're going to get this offense figured out, like it needs to be this week. Um, but if they come out flat like they did, they didn't really come out flat against Marshall. The, the, the wheels just kind of came off as the game progressed. And it was a weird game with the rain delay and all of that. They just need to have... They need to get the offense clicking. So if that's going with a different quarterback, go with a different quarterback. If that's adjusting how you're using Mason Garcia, then you need to adjust how you're using Mason Garcia. I don't know what the problem is, but they need to get it figured out. Um, And they need to figure it out now, going into this game. I'm still clinging to ECU's front seven. I think that they're, they're very good and will be very good. But again, they're going to need some help from the offensive side of the ball. So ECU App State, am I ready to say that App State wins that game? Uh, Not necessarily. Let me look at it. App is favored nine and a half. Hmm. And it's at Boone. I don't know, guys. App State looked pretty tough against North Carolina. But they always look tough against North Carolina. I don't know. This this would this would certainly be the game to to figure things out for ECU. I mean, you get a win this week, and it could flip what your whole season looks like if you're East Carolina. Um, from a momentum standpoint, from just an offensive rhythm standpoint, um, just all of those things. Getting a win, I think this week really could could flip the outcome of the rest of your season. But you lose this week, you're in an 0-3 hole. That, that, now I'm not so sure. But um, that's it for today. Uh, most likely Tuesday. Uh, thank you all who tuned in yesterday and have left comments. I'm, I'm trying to get to as many of them as possible. And as I said at the top of the episode, be sure to... Uh, Be on the lookout for different micro micro content type clips, whether that's on the YouTube shorts or whether that's on, uh, you know, just a a short form video from one of these podcast episodes. And uh, I don't know if I said this at the top, but if you're still hanging with me and you're not a subscriber to the YouTube channel, please, please, please hit the subscribe button, like this video, um, comment as soon as we get off here because I'm about to end it. And then share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please, please, please give it a five-star rating. Leave a review. Back to you listening on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please give this a five-star rating. Right now. Just click five stars and then leave a review. Talk about what your favorite part of this podcast is. And uh, we're going to continue to drive this up into the rankings. Um, And we're going to do it in the name of the American Athletic Conference. So... That's it for me today, Trey Smith, College Game Time.